Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jerry Pitney, and today I'm joined by April Biggs. April, thanks so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yep. So we've known each other for a while. We oh, went yeah. to school. When did you graduate? 2000. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I thought you're so one year ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And so we crossed paths some in high school, but we've never really had a chance to sit down and have a conversation. Um, but I've, I've, I've kept up with your story a little bit through social media. And so um, I obviously reached out to you and wanted you to come on and, and share a little bit about just your own journey um, as you've battled breast cancer. And I, I think where I'd like to, to start is actually um, in October 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, that's when you were diagnosed. Yep, is that that's right? right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, what was that like for you? Like, where were you? Like, how did that news get yeah. broken to you? And they're like, yeah, take me, take me to that spot. Okay. It's, it's crazy to think about it in those terms because I hadn't really thought about that day because everything else happened so quickly afterwards. But mm. it was October 2020. I had gone in, I had found a, a lump in my right breast and the year before, actually, November 2019. And I, my doctor sent me to have an ultrasound and they said it was swollen lymph nodes. Mm. So I didn't think about it, but around October or August of 2020, I was like, that's still there and it feels bigger. This doesn't feel right. Mm. So went back to the doctor, they did another ultrasound and it was suspicious. So they went ahead and sent me to do a biopsy. So the day when, whenever all of that happened, Jeremy was running for re-election for a city council, so we had been out at the fairgrounds cam- campaigning, holding signs, and mm. I just thought, you know, it's 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 not a big deal. Most of these are not mm-hmm. anything. And I remember I was at home at work at my desk when the doctor, the surgeon who did the biopsy, called and said, it's breast cancer. And you're kind of stunned because for one, you just said I wasn't, it just like that. Yeah, yeah, it's breast cancer, but it, he had no worry or anything in his. And so I'm like, okay. And so Jeremy had just left to go back to the fairgrounds, and I'm just stunned. So I call him immediately, and he said, "It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It will mm. be fine." And so I hung up. I called my mom, and within like two minutes, she was in the room with me, crying with me. And the same thing, it's going to be okay. We're going to get you to the right place, and we're, we're going to get it taken care of. And so that day was, there were tears and scared. I was scared, very scared. Yeah. And Did stunned. they tell you anything else? Like, hey, so it's, I mean, I'm guessing they're like, it's breast cancer. Here's the treatment plan, or do you have to mm-hmm. go back? Like, how, how does that work? No, I did that locally with the biopsy. And they can tell you, the thing with breast cancer is there's not one breast cancer. There are all kinds of breast cancers. And they could tell me that... Mine was hormone positive and HER2 negative, which is a protein that is on the the cell. And so it's kind of in between. They're like, well, it's good if it's hormone positive because that means the chemotherapy would work because okay. it it's a it's ba- it will help you if you're they know how to, what to give you for yes. for hormone positive. And the HR2 negative is supposed supposedly good because it's a slower growth or less of a chance that it's going to spread. Okay. Okay. So it was kind of a mix of both, but, um, that's all they could tell me at the initial thing. But Jeremy did his research that night and he said, you're going to UAMS. So that's when we had to start getting plans. And it was November before I made it to UAMS. And that's when I met with my oncology team. And what did they tell you? What was kind of the initial diagnosis? 
the initial, you mean here locally? Like what, UAMS? UAMS, were, okay. Yeah, you met with so them for the first time. They they sent my records to both um, a surgical oncologist and a regular oncologist. And the regular oncologist sent it over to the surgeon because he felt like surgery would be needed first to remove it. Okay. So what she did on November 13th, I'll never forget, 2020, they did another biopsy. And they did an ultrasound where they looked at the lymph nodes and also could see there were suspicious lymph nodes and did a biopsy there as well. And so they were able to tell me that it had already spread Mm. from the primary tumor to my lymph nodes. So therefore, surgery is not going to be the first option. It's going to be chemotherapy because we need to get that trunk. We need to get any, once it's out of there, you don't know where it's gone. And so the next step was surgery they did um it was a couple weeks later they put a port in here Mm -hmm. um and then for the chemo for the chemo yes and um they the next day the day after they put the port in I had my first ever mammogram in my whole life and I had a PET scan and the results of the PET scan showed that it had spread to my right iliac bone it, which is, you know, your back behind, your lower back okay. up down there. And it, so therefore, since it had spread, it was considered stage four. Really? Yeah, it's stage four breast cancer. And, but the crazy thing about it is, as I started doing more research, because I'm one of those people on Google, I'm checking everything out. I want to know right now, you know, I'm not Which patient. probably doesn't usually give you a lot of confidence, right, when no, you're on Google? and that's the thing, too. I guess if I could give advice to anybody is do not Google. Just slow down. Be patient. Trust the process. Trust your doctors. Don't, because they're going to know what to do, yeah. because it's scary. Because Google is like pretty much probably puts you in a grave, right? Oh, yeah. Like, well, yep. stage four cancer. If any kind, you're like, well, that's a dissonance. You're done. And so... I went through a lot of emotions with that, um, knowing that it had spread. Um, but once they told you it had spread to stage four, were you, I guess you were there in Little Rock when you told that. Yes. And then they send you home. Yes, they. Um, they. What w- was that drive like? Were you, were you with Jeremy? <laughs> yes, and Ava. I think Ava was there with us that day. And she's at that point thirteen. Uh, no, she. Oh, yeah. I can't even keep up with the okay. years since COVID, yeah. oh, <laughs> but yeah. I guess she would have I mean, been. Welcome to I know, the club. Like, like, I know. Is it 2020, yeah. <laughs> 2021? It's uh, all a blur now. I know it really is, but yeah, I guess she would have been 13. So you are driving back together after that diagnosis. Yeah. And what is? Yeah. Well, Jeremy's just like, which he's the calmer head yeah. in, in the relationship. And he just said pretty much the same thing. Don't start. Don't start getting your burial policy. Don't do, let's get through. You know, yes. you're going to start the chemo, you're going to, you know, do all the steps and then we'll, we'll get there. But my, at that point were you where he was, were you positive or was it like, was there oh, a moment of like, no inside internally, I was holding sure. it all in and just very upset. And yeah, because you, the, the crazy part about, cause I've followed all these different breast cancer groups on social media, things mm-hmm. to look at other women that are men who are going through the same thing. And you just didn't see a lot of people say, I have stage four, and this is where I am now. And Jeez. so to me, I was like, these people die. They're, there's nobody out yeah, here that's because why they no die. there's no testimonies of you. Right, exactly. And wow. so that was in my head. I, I finally learned to get out of my head. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, at the beginning, when all that was going on, it, it was that way. But the, the chemo started, my first chemo was, I think, December 11th, which is soon after we knew. And so the oncologist 
said, you know, we're going to start chemo first. Um, I did four months of that. Okay. Four months of chemo and that were they just like, okay, we'll do four months. Then we check and see how we're doing. Yes, they did another PET scan after chemo ended. So I think my lap, April 22nd was my, my last chemo day. Um, I believe my PET scan, they did a PET scan about a couple weeks after that. And the results showed that the tumor had shrunk about 83%, which was good. And then the spot on the iliac bone was gone. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was um, just scar tissue. There's, I guess it leaves behind scar tissue there. And so at that point, then I'm like, okay, so maybe it all worked. And, and honestly, to this day, I don't know. It's just you don't know if it's going to come back or not. But at that point, the only spot was in the breast. And so the next step was the mastectomy at the end of May. Okay. And that was in 2021? 2021. Mm-hmm. Did your sister also get diagnosed with breast yes, cancer? Yes, right after my chemo ended. I believe it was the end of April, 1st of May. Um, she turned 40 in February of 2020. Yeah, 2020. Wait, no. 2021. I can't, I can't keep it straight. So she turned 40 in February. And so she had her first mammogram. It kept getting pushed back because of COVID-related stuff and so she had it in April I believe and she they saw just a small spot they weren't sure at and typically for anybody who didn't have a family history they would have just put a marker looked at her again in six months and but they since my diagnosis had happened they went ahead and biopsied the really small spot and it came back with breast cancer goodness what was that like to hear that I mean I've never heard have you ever heard and I know you've you've done a lot of research like two sisters no no, and the and then to make it even crazier, my mom actually had a breast cancer tumor removed. Um, it gets to be about six years ago now, and we didn't make a big deal out of it. It just didn't seem like an anything. It was apparently a stage zero, which they really don't call mm-hmm. it cancer, but it was so early. She has always, since her twenties, had mammogram and a breast mm-hmm. bra twice. They go every six months. She's been checked. And so she caught that super early. She had a lumpectomy, no radiation or anything, and she hasn't had any issues since then. And so it just wasn't in my mind that I have a family history of breast cancer. But then when it hit Amber, it was like, there's something wrong. This isn't right. How does this happen? But we all three did the genetic testing. There's genetic testing that's done for breast cancer. There's um, the BRCA genes. We tested negative for all of them. It's So this is like considered a coincidence in the medical world? Well, the way that they explain it, it is just because they've identified those BRCA genes, there's all kinds of genes out there that they haven't identified yet. It's possible we have something, but it's just not one of those specific genes that they're looking at. So So what's going through y'all's mind at that point? Just craziness, just pure craziness, like unbelievable. Did you just had you, had you just gone to remission at that point? Well, no, I I wouldn't. I'm technically not ever going to be in remission because it's stage four. Explain that. Okay, How does that work? Because once it's traveled outside your primary tumor location and through the lymph nodes and has gone somewhere else, there can be dormant cancer cells in your body hmm. that can wake up and become active again. Um, I take a medication that is supposed an inhibitor pill that's supposed to keep that from happening until your huh. cells outsmart the medication. So yeah, it's 
that's where I'm at right now is like, I'm, as far as I know, I'm cancer free yeah. or, or no evidence of active cancer is what they call me. Yeah. And so it's not that I'm cancer free forever. And I might be, who knows? Sure. You know, yeah, I don't, you know. don't know. Right. You don't know. So what is that like to mm-hmm. live? I mean, the reality is right. Any of us could have these cells mm-hmm. in us right now. And who knows, right? Those listening can go to the doctor next week or something. Right. Like we, but to know, not just be like, oh, yeah, in theory, but to know, like, no, I really mm-hmm. do have these cells that could reawaken mm-hmm. at any point, and I'm going back through this journey, like, what's that like? The beginning of the journey, tough, just depressing. Um, the thoughts go through your head of, I'm not going to be able to hand my daughter her diploma. You know, that's one of my main perks of being on the school board is I've always dreamed of handing her her diploma in 2024. And mm. then you start thinking, I'm not going to watch her graduate college. What career is she going to go into? Who's she going to marry? Mm-hmm. What You know, all those thoughts mm-hmm. were there. Um, and then, of course, just the fear of death itself mm-hmm. was really strong with me at that point. But I moved past it. I don't fear it. Why, why is that? Like what changed? My dad died in June of 2021 unexpectedly. And I don't know, there was something about when that happened. Um, I don't know. It's your faith because you have faith that, you know, you're going to go to heaven or there's a heaven and there's a place you're going to be reunited with the people Mm -hmm. that you love. Mm -hmm. That was the closest person to me I've ever lost. And so I don't know. It's just like a sense of peace that washed over me after that thinking it's okay we all die none of us are getting out of here alive so you know it's but I don't know I'm just like I'm okay I'm okay with it wow what do you think it was about your father's death that led to that point because in my mind I'm thinking okay you get hit with cancer Mm -hmm. then your sister gets hit Mm -hmm. with cancer then your dad dies a lot of people and I'm thinking those maybe listen to this are like geez Oh, it's you can awful. become bitter. You can become uh, very bitter, yeah. very cynical. Yeah. But for some reason, like rather than becoming like cynical and like just becoming darker, it was like you said there was a little, there was peace and there was some hope. Yeah. I came through this. So like, have you ever thought about that? Like, what it was it like something somebody said to you uh, after he died? Was it like no, no? It's just I've grown up, you know, with my faith. I've, I've, I mean, I've always known there's somewhere to go after this. You know, this, this is our is temporary home. This yeah. is our temporary home. And it really just was the law. I mean, it still hurts to this day to know I can't call sure. him. And actually, I talked to him the the night I believe he passed away. Um, we had a long, an hour-long conversation just talking about life and everything. I had just gone through my double mastectomy like a couple weeks before. Was he expected to die or was it sudden? No, it was, well, he wasn't in the greatest health. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, he went to doctors, he had medicine he was taking, but he weren't expecting that. No, 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 no. I was having this conversation, not Mm -hmm. knowing Mm -mm. it's the last conversation. No, not at all. And we, I mean, we talked and instead of texting, you know, actually getting to talk to him, I have that. And I said that, I think part of that gives me peace. Mm. It's just the closure part of it that we had that last conversation really the night he passed away because he, he, he was working down in Dothan, Alabama. He had moved my grandma back here. They were living in Meridian, Mississippi for over 20 years. And he got her moved here. And he actually moved here, too, the summer of 2020. So right after COVID started. 
And a few months later, he got a job offer down in Dothan. He works for a furniture store and they have several franchises. And so it was a really good job and he decided to go and take it. So he um, was in Dothan, which is forever away from here. Um, We had the conversation that night and he had told me, he was really, he's like, what? He, he said something about, I don't know why I'm working so hard, saving money when I can't even enjoy life. I can't mm. be with my kids and my grandkids and watch them grow up. And, and, and so we had that conversation that Sunday night. And he, his, the apartment he was living in, they have cameras everywhere. And they saw him go back into his room, which would have been right after our conversation. And he never came back out. And they checked on him. He didn't come to work on Monday, so when he didn't show up Tuesday, nobody could get a hold of him. They went in there, and he was, uh, he was passed away in his bed. He he died in his sleep, which is awesome when you think about it. What other horrible ways you can die, and so that gave me peace too. You know, he's no longer suffering. Suffer. Yeah, but yeah, it was. It's still. It we, we just had the holidays, you know, and not having him there for that. It's. You know, we go through those same emotions that I think everybody does when they lose someone. Yeah. It, you know, he, he, that last conversation you had where he said that um, I'm working so hard and I don't even know why because I can't really enjoy it and mm-hmm. be with my family and that sort of thing. It's like, and then to hear you even talk about how one of the first things that you thought that you were grieving is, man, I might not be able to give mm-hmm. my daughter her diploma. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how whenever suffering comes like it just really begins to put things in perspective Mm -hmm. and like the number one thing that people like the 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 thing that people care about the most is relationships yep Mm -hmm. like and it's every time I have one of these conversations it's just always I don't know it's sobering for me because I look and I think about like how easy it is to think like oh these loved ones are going to always be with me and I'm going to always be with them mm-hmm. and like there's always to like so like let's go work harder or knock out this thing mm-hmm. or pursue this and then it's like whenever yeah whenever you're brushed with death or suffering all of a sudden just let things start falling back yep. into place and you realize what's most important yep. your priorities you change completely would you say that family took I mean like would you say that happened of you like in the fact that oh yeah that yeah, like all of a sudden, like I mean, I'm, I know I've known you. I know you mm-hmm. love your husband. You mm-hmm. love your kids. You love your family. You're all been close. Very yeah. But did this bring y'all closer together? Yes, and even my marriage with Jeremy. I mean, because we've been together for since I was 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, high school sweetheart. Yeah, and you know, you you think you've loved somebody as much as you possibly can. And then you go through this where he's driving you to Little Rock every two weeks. And, and really through the first, so I started chemo in December of 2020. And until March of 2020, he couldn't even go in the hospital with me. Jeez. I was doing You're it all wrong. alone. There were several appointments. The initial Good. appointments, they let him come with me since it was the first ones. But now he didn't get to go to the first chemo with me until March of 2020. And so... Just, but even though he wasn't right there with me, he was out in the car or mm-hmm. he, his brother lived in Little Rock. He would go over there and visit with them while I was doing it. But it just gave you, gave you more time together. Just the two of you. It's not quite a date, not the date yeah. that you would want to have, yeah. but 
it's still alone time, you know, where you can talk and you can, and I really feel like it's made our marriage even stronger. And I never realized that, and there wasn't even issues before, but you know, it could actually get stronger than it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, David Brooks, uh, in his book, Second Mountain talks about how suffering, um, reveals, how's he talk about it? He's like, basically there's a cavity that goes deeper than you thought, like oh, within yeah. your own soul. Right. And then like when you get to the bottom of that, it carves out another hole and you go even deeper Just and you go deeper. Going. And that's kind of what you're talking about. That it's it like, is. like, I didn't know our relationship could go any really deeper. Right. And then suffering's like, oh no, like there's depths to both of you. Yes. Like you didn't even know we're there. Mm-hmm. And like suffering's going to take you deeper into mm-hmm. that place, which is crazy. Right? I know it because is. Because it's like, we all want to avoid suffering at all costs. Yes. But man, there's, sure it can make us like, it can break us mm-hmm. or it can break mm-hmm. us open, so to speak, yeah. to yeah. where we experience even more richness and, right. and deepness. And to me, like even I hear that April, like it gives me hope mm-hmm. because I know I'm going to suffer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like we're not, none of us are going to get here alive. Exactly. About suffering, but it's like, man, when you hear stories like that of, man, this pulled us closer together, you're like, okay, like there is some good. Yes that can come out of there this. is so much good that can come and there is so much good that has come out of this most the the best thing that came out of this well for amber for example had her mammogram finally mm-hmm. and she found her cancer so early that it was so small that she could do the she went ahead and did the double mastectomy she did the most aggressive thing, so she never has to hopefully ever deal with this again wow. and my two younger sisters autumn and allison because of mine diagnosis and because, well, already because of mine, they started getting their, they get a mammogram every six months and then a breast MRI every six months. So they have their baseline. Now they go every six months to get tested. And if, if it shows up, they're going to catch it so early, they won't have to go through the things that I went mm. through. And so to me, it's just, you have to look at what's the positive that came out of such a, you know, the worst time of your life. Mm-hmm. And you can't get real sad when you think about that because these are the people I love the most in the whole world. And my daughter, Ava, too, you know, she'll be able to start getting mammograms. Mm-hmm. I believe it's 10 years before the age of when I was diagnosed, which would have been, what do we say? How old are we now? Um, 28, I think. is So I was 38 when I was yeah. diagnosed. Um, so it's going to save, if, if even if it doesn't save my own life, you know, if it eventually takes me at least there are those that are going to or even people listening you know there have been friends who have reached out to me and said because of your story I went and had my first mammogram Mm -hmm. and the thing is with our age we're still in our 30s I'm barely still in my 30s almost 40 but your most insurances do not pay for a preventative or a wellness uh, mammogram it's Mm. when you're 40 and older Mm. You wouldn't believe all the women I have seen just on these different pages that I follow in their 20s, in their 30s that are getting diagnosed. I don't know why that age is 40 because, you know, price is, if you know you're going to have to pay a a few hundred dollars, most people are going to be like, I'm not going to go do it. Sure. You know, I wish that they would do something to, and then that might be my life journey. My, you know, that you can't have your testimony without the test. And I'm in my test. I've finished my, I'm still in the test. I don't know that I'll ever get out of the test, but I've got to find something to give me purpose. Yes. And that's what I'm looking for. Well, that's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, have you ever read, um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl? No. Have you heard of that book? 
he uh, was a Holocaust survivor, went on to be a therapist. It's a it's a really short oh. book, but it's sold over a million copies. Um, fantastic book. And he basically said, like, the reason that some people died in uh, these concentration camps, like, or the reason a lot of people died in the concentration camps is not necessarily because of the gas chamber, but because they just gave up. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a reason to live. Like they right. did, like if, it just goes back to what you were just yep. saying of like, if you can find a reason for living, a purpose mm-hmm. for the yes. suffering, yes, like you're not just going to survive, you're going to actually thrive. Like you're yeah. going to make it through, and you're going to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what I need to. I need to find my purpose. I feel like I've, I've, I know what it should be, but well, besides the you know, save hopefully saving my sister's lives and Ava's mm-hmm. life in the future. I'm, I'm still trying to find what can I do to for the make more awareness mm-hmm. or what are the programs out there that women who would have been like me, their insurance wouldn't pay. What can we do to get them mm-hmm. to where they'll just have the mammogram? Mm-hmm. Because I know so many and even friends, like I said, that have reached out. They got their mammograms. It was clear. There's been some people who've had it and they found breast cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I know that my purpose is is my is raising awareness but mm-hmm. i feel like there's something much deeper and i'm still searching for it yeah but i'm gonna do something i just don't know what it is yet. yeah well i love that you are trying to make your life count you know yeah. i think so many of us go through life purposeless and we don't understand we just never really know like why no. was i here and right i mean you especially when you've gone through what you've gone through you have to believe god has you here for a reason absolutely you know so it's like yeah going to him and just saying as a woman of faith which mm-hmm. you know you are just okay god like what is it that you're asking me yeah. to do today? Yeah. You know, and. And he uh, lets me wake up every morning. And so I know that there's a purpose, you know, there's, there's something and I'm going to, I'm getting there. I'm, yeah. I'm close. Well, you're <laughs> stepping into that by yeah. getting on the podcast. Yeah, making, exactly. Uh, yeah, so, there you go. That's awesome. Um, If you would have been told back in, let's see, September, 2020, yeah. that you're going to go through all of this, would you thought you would no. come out where mm-hmm. you are today? No, no, I would have, if I knew that, I would just have probably been where I was in those early days when I was diagnosed of just thinking of all the worst possible scenarios and how awful it was. Mm -hmm. But I really had to get through it Mm -hmm. to get to where I am today. You know, every single, you know, whether it was the chemo or the mastectomy or the radiation, you know, all of it, like I needed to get through that Mm -hmm. to really, and then plus I mean, really, my dad's death had a huge, even though it wasn't related to this, but it, I don't know, it just gave me some, a sense of peace. And crazy to think. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, you can't even really put words to it. No. Yeah. What do you you think the biggest takeaway is going to be for you from this? Like, I know that you've talked about your, and maybe this is, that's the biggest takeaway, but Mm -hmm. you've talked about your family. You've Mm -hmm. talked about uh, just wanting to live your life on purpose. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that's just like you feel like you've really been taught or you've learned through what you've gone through? Well, the things we've discussed, obviously, you know, saving lives is the purpose Mm -hmm. and saving them for the people I love the most is a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really, I just really feel like there needs to be more out there for stage four um, breast cancer. I don't know if we call, they call us thrivers. It's not survivor. It's a thriver. You're thriving. You're living with it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there needs to be more out there for us so that they're not like me doom scrolling. And yes. like, it's not going to, you know, it's, but I, I did find a podcast one time and there's a group 
of stage four breast cancer thrivers who call themselves unicorns. Mm. There's a group out there, you know? And so mm. when I listened to that, it was, you know, you don't find a lot, but when you do, it just gives you that hope. Absolutely. And there was a woman who has lived with it for 20 years. And I thought that can be me yep. 20 years. Yep. Wow. You know, because I had kind of stopped in my head of thinking about the future, mm-hmm. you know, the, the big anniversaries, the big birthdays, the retirement, you know, all those things in my head stopped. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to that and mm-hmm. I thought there, there, there are people out here. You just have to literally look for them. They're unicorns, mm-hmm. like they said, mm-hmm. and, and it's, they're hard to find, but they're out there. So mm-hmm. do you have a word of encouragement for other women who, not, I guess not even just women, but people who right now might be listening that are either suffering or about to go through suffering mm-hmm. in ways that maybe they never yeah. really thought any encouragement yeah. you would give to them? Yeah. Just listen to your doctor, trust your doctor, trust the process. It, it seems like forever, the, there's a lot of patience that has to be learned going through this process. I had to learn it because I'm not a patient person, you know, in, even in everyday life. You know, I'm just like, get this to me That's now. Good. You yeah, did this yeah, right absolutely. now or get out of my way. You know, if yes, I'm driving, get yes. out of my way. But We're the Amazon Prime generation. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We want it right now and we want to know. I know. Yeah. And then that's my, t- I'm just, I'm a, I'm an organizer. I, I'm mm. organized. I have everything planned. Oh, wow. And so when things come at you that are not planned, yes. it can really throw you. I mean, that's where I was for a while. Just Absolutely. like, you're crazy. But then. You feel totally out of control, right? Yeah. When you're out of control and there's nothing you can do about it, you know, you just have to. Stay calm if you can. I hope you have faith. You know, that has helped me. My whole family through this is mm-hmm. our faith. That's mm-hmm. 100%. But you just have to just do the treatment. Try to, and everybody, the thing is, everybody reacts so differently. I had prepared myself for chemotherapy, bought all the things that everybody was saying, you need this, you're going to have mouth sores, you're going to be throwing up, you're going to be you know, all these things, none of that happened to me, you know? And so you, even you can try to prepare the best you can, and that doesn't necessarily mean that's how your journey is going to go, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so you just kind of have to live day by day, take it day by day, mm-hmm. and just go with it. That sounds very much, and uh, you have to excuse me for those of you listening, I'm, if I get too preachy right here, but that just <laughs> sounds very much like, Jesus in Matthew 6, whenever he's talking to a group of people who are suffering, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Yes. You know, uh, basically focus on today and trust me is what he's saying. Which Absolutely. Is basically, without you even trying to quote Jesus, that's what <laughs> you're I doing. Is just say, you're basically saying, well, like, I took it day by day. Yeah. I knew I was out of control mm-hmm. and I could like live in the future and think about all of these what ifs, mm-hmm. which maybe they'll happen, maybe they won't, or no, I can just live for today and say, okay, I finally realize I'm out of control. I can't plan this. And you said it like my faith in God mm-hmm. was huge. Yep. And so like, I think that's great. Well, you have to you turn do. it over to God. Yeah. If And I pray that, you know, there are a lot of faithful people out there listening, mm-hmm. but once you do that, and that's kind of what I did at the point where my dad died, because, you know, I, I and I had gotten there a little bit better. I was not like I was mm-hmm. at the beginning, but that faith in God and, when he died, it just, I don't know, it just gave me more peace. And wow. just knowing that I'm going to see him again yeah. one day, you know, it just, yes. that helped me tremendously. Yeah, it's good news. Mm. Um, 
Well, here's where I'd like to end um, is with our rapid fire questions, which we ask to each guest who comes on oh, the podcast. Yep. Okay. And uh, as always, for those listening, there's no script on this. So you've not had a chance, right? To see these no. questions. And so, all right, here we go. Ready? Six questions. Number one. Okay. What was the last uh, movie or show that you watched? Or if you don't watch movies and shows, what's the last book you read? I do all three. Okay. But I do so many that I have to think. Um, we just recently finished um, Paris and Love on Peacock. Paris it's Paris Hilton. I've not heard it's of it. It's a reality show leading up to her wedding. Okay. I'm a huge reality TV fan. Okay. So that's yeah. my go-to usually. Real Housewives, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Oops, sorry. I didn't hear that. Um, TV shows. Well, that is the TV show. Yeah, the Movie. Show. I haven't been to a movie i can't even remember the last time but Did you read too i read i started i told you I, i'm very um when it comes to political stuff yeah like right now you know there's a lot of critical race theory stuff on it. Mm-hmm. so i decided to start the 1619 project because i want to determine for myself mm-hmm. is it really and so far it hasn't been but that's where i'm at right now i'm i've started that book and i'm kind of reading it but usually TV is my go-to because right reading on. takes a lot of concentration. Yes. And TV is more of a stress reliever, right? Yes, because yeah. you don't have to think. You just sit there and you watch. You can stay on your phone if you want to if you're not really paying that much attention because you don't – I mean, who cares what's going on with the real house? I mean, it, it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, TV is usually our go-to. After dinner, we usually sit in the living mm-hmm. room, watch whatever sure. you know we yep. can find. So, But it seems like all the shows we've watched have ended recently. Yeah. We, we binged on Ozark. Last okay. week, caught up on all that. So we watch it all, and there's nothing right now that we're really watching. I recommend Ted Lasso or 18. Oh, no, already, already done. Been there, done yeah, that. Been okay, there, done that. fantastic. Y'all like yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh, good. Ted Lasso. Why can't we have more Ted Lassos in this world? I don't know. I mean, he's, I, yeah, we need to talk more about Ted Lasso off air because I could literally do a whole. Oh, episode. boy. Have you watched Ted Lasso? Robert, I've not seen the single episodes because I don't have Apple TV. It's four ninety nine a month. Robert, pay the four ninety nine a month. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. It really is because you're kind of like Ted Lasso to me. <laughs> you said that a lot. Yeah, so you really I'm afraid to watch it now that you've said that. <laughs> I wish you'd grow your mustache. I'm not like the character. No, you can't great. not yeah, like you him. You can't not like him. Oh, yeah. well, that makes me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People try not to like him, right? Like yeah, from Cam- Cam- yeah. from the Independent, uh-huh. but you just can't help it. So. Nope. Favorite type of music or favorite band? I love retro. When I say retro, like. The things I listened to growing up, the 90s, oh, yeah. R&B, um, rap. Yes. <laughs> yeah, all those things that kind of take you back to a time. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I've got a, uh, I think it's actually on my on my um, Spotify playlist. I think it's called the Paragold School District playlist. What? Because it was just all the music I listened to whenever I was in. Like, oh, that is so grade. funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, you know all the stuff. Uh, oh, no, so, I know. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, favorite meal? Oh, my goodness. Anything Italian. Noodles. Okay. I, I love it all. Yeah, right on. Um, what is on your nightstand right now? Okay, I have my lamp. I have a stuffed unicorn. Oh, that's excellent. And my phone charger. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Last two questions. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. So just an ordinary moment in your life that right now brings you great joy. Mm. Gosh, there's so many. Um, anything Ava does, she's just such a smart kid and, you know, she'll, she'll tell me something she's learned or, you know, I test her or I help her when she's 
doing a test and Mm -hmm. she's so into learning and so happy going to school now she has Caleb as her science her biology teacher and he has absolutely changed her perspective on so she loves biology and stuff and so anytime she does something that's good I mean that just automatically brings joy yeah that's great Last question, what is something or just one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? What's just one thing? My life. Yeah. My life. I mean, to wake up every morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great place to end. I'm very thankful for your life. Well, I'm glad that you're you, here, Jared. girl. And thank so, you. Yeah, and I uh, fully expect and am praying for a full life ahead of you. Thank and that you. you get to step into that God-given purpose. Yep. And, um, yeah, that many other people and lives are saved and blessed as a result of you being here that's my hope thanks so much for making the space thanks jared well that was april biggs sharing her incredible story of her battle with cancer and i really loved how she talked about so much good having come out of her struggle against cancer and i would say that one of the good things that has come out of that is the fact that she's able to come on here today and share her story with all of us and it was inspiring for me I hope it was for you as well. In fact, if you are enjoying stories like this from the people of this great community that we call home, then I want to encourage you to go to paragoldpodcast.com, sign up for our email list. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. That really helps others out uh, to find the podcast when they're searching So, uh, on behalf of our host, Mr. Jared Pickney, I'm the producer, Robert Piercy. Until next time.